0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au.
1: This is a Media Week Podcast. We're talking television today. We're joined by our regular TV guest and uh, contributor with his daily thoughts of what's the best to watch on television on our website, Uh, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back. Hi, James. And uh, Dan Barrett got off the phone, stopped hanging out with... um, with who you've out with um, uh, sorry I'm trying to think the number of celebrities I've spoken to today James uh, that was Jessica Malboy Jessica Malboy now yeah. you've done a set visit this week to um, Secret Daughter mm. it's probably a bit premature to talk too much about it isn't it Dan did I you? mean I haven't Have seen any sign a Sign anything when you went out there?
0: I didn't have to sign anything. I did take a few photos on the set.
1: Okay. Uh, there's probably not
0: much you can really say without seeing any footage of the show, but I'd say that I think it's kind of nice to see Channel Seven doing a very family-friendly drama. Like they've got things like 800 words, which probably play for a slightly That's older family-friendly. Is no, it's family-friendly, maybe? but it plays for older teenagers in the thing. But I'd imagine that Jessica Mowboy probably plays Just a the bit home younger. and away crowd. Do you think? Well, kind of. I mean, I don't think it's a problem in trying to cater towards more oh, of an no, audience. It wasn't, so yeah, yeah. everyone suggesting. Oh, I wasn't saying that, James. <laughs> But, you know, I think people can be dismissive of that audience, but I think it's important that Australian TV does cater towards that to an extent. And so we have seen
2: that for many years. Did you see Bonnie Sveen on set? Because she does depart from Home and Away this Tuesday <laughs> to get her out of that, get her out of Summer Bay and team her up with Jessica Mowboy. I'm horribly embarrassed. I'm not sure I
0: really
1: know Bonnie's uh, work She's, or face. Gosh, She's don't Ricky. you ever look at the cover of TV Week? Ricky She's Ricky,
2: on- the blonde girl, the blonde girl. One best new And talent. she's the
1: sort of co-star with Jessica virtually in this series, I think. Look, there was a girl that I was talking <laughs> to which might have been Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just say yes, Dan. She's right?
2: the one that can't get over Brax. You know how nobody... Home and Away or Channel 7 that's not going to help him I don't think okay yeah. I will
1: confirm it was not Bonnie
0: Savine that I was talking okay, to right. okay. Yeah, but I know who Brax is yes okay, yeah. okay. well because of Media Week's intensive coverage of an eye for an eye the presto Home and Away TV movie
2: and they're doing another one you see they're going to make another But making and two and more two more
0: wow. yeah. are these both with no breaks, do we think? Um, I don't think there's any announcement yet what it'll actually focus <laughs> on. But much the same way as I'm with, guessing the, LB, it? <laughs> with the Home and Away um, series, where it came in sort of between the hiatus, they'll be integrating this into the TV show as well. Oh, will they? So the, I'll I'll a bit yeah. more than last time. Yeah, so with two of them, I'd imagine maybe one over that hiatus
1: and another one to do but something. Don't, I, don't, I mean, we'll get on to Home and Away in a minute, but I just don't know how Home and Away fans feel about that sort of gun being held at their head. If you want to know all the storylines, you're going to have to pay for Presto.
0: And the challenge that they've got is that when the last Presto deal happened, you get a month free to trial the service. So they got lots of Home and Away fans to trial that, but now they're actually going to have to pay for it that first month in. So that might be a bit of a mm. challenge or a step for
1: some fans. But people who want their Home and Away for free have got a little bit to look forward to. Is that right, Andrew?
2: Yeah, Tuesday night's a big night for them um, because it looks like... And I know that we've said this many, many times before, but it looks like Brax is back again, <laughs> and this time they're saying it's his last time. For real. Do we think
1: for one night, only in that it one It actually episode? said
2: in TV Week, this time it's the last time. So what they did apparently, Stephen Peacock last year, they filmed a whole bunch of scenes to drop into the show and they have been dropping them in all year. And honestly, I actually think it's been holding back the show. This entire show has been hinging around this one character who hasn't been there. For a whole bloody week, there was a a promo on Seven about a text he sent. And you go, come on, this is really milking it.
0: How many characters in a text message?
2: (laughs) that's a good point but look he's coming back this week to he's going to take Ricky out of Summer Bay forever and so that will actually be the end forever supposedly of the River Boys story and on the very same night they will then uh, introduce their next set of characters supposedly to replace that void who are the Morgan brothers which are three blokes one's going to be a chef one's going to be a mechanic One's going to be a medical student. One of them's played by James Stewart from uh, Pack to the Rafters. So, And look, so far, the most interesting thing about them is that they have a boxer dog. (laughs) But I'm sure that within a few days, they'll be taking their shirts off. I don't think they'll have any tattoos. Um, But of course, there's lots of young ladies around Summer Bay and uh, the romantic couplings can continue.
0: But Stephen Peacock from the show making a bit of a play in the US at the moment. Uh, So we saw him recently in Whiskey, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot.
1: And he's in the new Emilia Clarke film Me Before You Wow yeah. What's another reason To see Whiskey, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot Which present? was pretty good You saw it, it was, did you? I did oh, Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. It's not great It's not going to be Anyone's favourite movie But nah, you'll enjoy it At the cinema It's mm. yeah. yeah, So loaded with Aussies Well um, Couple. trying to think who else was in oh how yeah of course a- we had the yeah most famous Aussie of all
2: <laughs> how big a part did Steve Peacock have in Whiskey Tango for oh well he's right? certainly
0: a supporting character he's in it for maybe like five minutes of screen time was that so all? he's memorable okay. yeah it's a pivotal character I saw for re- five minutes for five minutes
2: I saw Rebecca Gibney sort of commenting to one of the magazines it was kind of a little bit of a push as well that you know they've got an idea for series two of wanted which of course co-starred Stephen Peacock and she's hoping that Seven are going to take her up on that because of course they finished with a cliffhanger Mm. didn't they those two girls on the run and then you'd think oh we're going to wrap it all up oh no Rebecca Gibney's child has been kidnapped in the last scene so they're really desperate for a second series
1: does any TV show ever wrap it up anymore they don't do they but just there's never a Finality wouldn't have said a word. There's never a, well, there's never closure complete.
2: Here's our chance now to talk to Dan about what he thought of the end of The Good Wife, which divided <laughs> some fans. And of course, we now find out that probably what was going on all along was that they were planning a spin off, and it has been announced.
0: Well, I was concerned this is heading to a Nashville conversation because that well, ended that's last coming week. next. <laughs> that had a big uh, cliffhanger as well, and that show is probably not coming back. But yeah, The Good Wife, they were still in negotiations with Christine Boransky to come back to that show. And that's an interesting production because it's not going to broadcast TV. It's going to be delivered over the internet. So it's...
2: What, the CBS Yeah, thing for CBS. doing the new Star Trek series? Yeah,
0: so CBS All Access is their online platform. Yeah. And they're doing a Star Trek show, but also this Good Wife spin Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of excited. And I thought the Good Wife finale actually did have a reasonable level of finality to it. It really served kind of in the same way that Lost when that series finale happened. If you'd watched only like the first maybe five or six episodes, and then the final episode, it actually bookends it really nicely, yeah, right. but Lost went off the rails. because Well, it was an unsatisfying finale for that, because I'd built so much more into it by that point, and The Good Wife kind of had that same problem. The final episode really resolved the first five or six episodes of that show, but there was still just this element where it didn't quite fit right, because the show had taken so many journeys along the mm-hmm. way. And TV's about the journey, it's never really quite about the ending, and when you reach that ending, it's usually disappointing, because... It's about the journey
1: mm. well, spoken like a um, screenwriter mate yeah
0: maybe <laughs> i do do something in my after hours here james
1: <laughs> well how are they ever going to end game of thrones i wonder <sighs> will the last character standing be off and that'll be it and there'll be just no one left maybe oh <laughs> no, oh no, no. god i don't know
0: how to say this because <laughs> i feel that i know what's going to start happening in the show really um i think that you're going to see the finale because it's got to build up towards some sort of um third act at this stage so we're really going to start seeing the... We'll see
1: some unity of all the different Well, I think elements, you're going to see the
0: unity of most of the characters coming together because they're all at the moment heading towards King's Landing. Taking okay. their time. They are. <laughs> but we're leading into what's probably going to be the last 15 episodes-ish of the show at
1: this stage. So you're going to see... No, but Her they Ron said, said there'll King's be Landing. one more season in two parts after this. Well, Is that was that the rumour, so That's it's still no... confo.
0: Okay. But what you have to keep in mind Is that for a third act To really happen You need a big villain To be part of that final act Now Ramsay Bolton Of whom is kind of the villain He's not a big enough villain But there is one character At the moment Who's shaping up To be not necessarily The good guy we've been seeing For the last You know Six seasons now But could possibly be taking A bit of an evil Sort mm. of um, Raising of Empire turn Was and this someone who this Maybe que-
2: suffered a resur- resurrection?
0: No this is more Our Queen of Dragons
2: Oh I see And I think wow. you're going to see Her as the big
0: bad of the show Oh and if if you look at okay. From a structural standpoint I'm a couple, couple of sense. episodes Behind you see like, uh, Watch with not. a friend I'm a couple of All these words structural you know. I'm sorry I was, Sorry <laughs> Are you upset at my Radio National uh, <laughs> Tone here Which I got
1: picked on The other day in the office By James <laughs> Um, but just quickly, while we're talking about wrapping things up, um, the girlfriend experience. Mm, I like. I really liked it, and I was surprised oh, so that you enjoyed I. it as
0: much as you did. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was this good. This is the
2: one on Presto that's been uh, renewed on for, on, on and it's been renewed for like three seasons ahead or something.
0: Uh, no, that was that was the girlfriend. This is uh, the girlfriend's one to divorce. I think. Oh, the this has got divorce, Elvis I'm Presley's confused. granddaughter in it. Oh yeah, right. As, as the yeah. Um,
1: uh, Riley here. Can Keoke? I use that big word protagonist? Yeah, or she's a that protagonist. For, No, that's okay. For Radio James. National, and um, <laughs> yeah, she plays a, a a law student serving an internship at the legal firm, doing escort work on the side.
2: Oh, yeah, right.
1: That's I fascinating, think. and the escort work escalates, and it just creates all sorts of dramas. And mm. um, but yeah, that the last episode really didn't tidy up lots of stuff, but it was still there were so many elements in that show you, you... well it actually concludes her character disappoint. arc
0: where that character has been pretty much about balancing the professional career she's always had planned for herself against this escort work which is finding a bit more satisfaction in and then the final episode is kind of her fully just throwing herself into the escort work Okay, it doesn't ruin too much, but so it's It's kind kind of throwing yourself
2: into escort work the way that Jennifer Love Hewitt did in the Client List. Uh,
0: This was a show that (laughs) language is going to get okay, going as politely as possible. Yeah, this is a show that would show escort work in the actual way that it happens, right? As opposed to the hand shandies of Jennifer Love Hewitt show.
2: (laughs) Very good. That was very good. Because you know what, I feel like what the reason that we're getting these unsatisfactory endings is because everyone wants to have their cake and eat it too. Exactly. You know, they want to end with something on a question mark in the hope that the audience will go crazy and start a Twitter campaign and do all that. So that's why that last episode of Nashville last week finished with pretty much, oh yeah, everyone's kind of happy, but then just before the credits roll, one huge question <laughs> mark, and we'll say it, it's been hmm. a week, in, yeah. no pot spoilers, Juliet.
1: Uh, but there How was many a, people are watching Nashville anyway?
2: Well,
0: a bigger audience than you'd think.
1: There's James, bit, in Australia? Know, yeah, yeah I
0: would more. say
2: a big audience. It's All my... Or, sorry, or, if...
0: If you read our article in this week's Media Week, James, where I interviewed Penny Chapman, respected Australian producer, Nashville was one of her favourite TV shows. Okay,
1: that's one, I do, two,
0: three, four. I do ABC Ryan, regional
2: stations, <laughs> and I said three years ago to Dougal Saunders out there at Dubbo, I think this show might be interesting. And ever since then, he has been championing the show, and, you know, I'm pretty sure he's turned a few people in Western New South Wales on Twitter. Okay, it.
1: okay. It's te- oh, i stand corrected. All
0: right, calm down. Well, it's US TV's only real remaining soap opera in a yeah. big way. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, no,
1: I cut you off. You were telling us well, about... Well, the, the big
2: cliffhanger was uh, the character of Juliet, played by Hayden Panettiere. Um, she ran out of the Academy Awards to jump on a plane and reunite with her boyfriend. The boyfriend's waiting at the airport, and the guy comes out and says, I'm sorry, her plane's gone missing. So... Um.
0: Although isn't that really the happy ending that a lot of fans have been looking for? <laughs> that's
2: a very good point because yeah. she's a bitch.
0: Yeah, but that is a show that's being shopped around now to a number of other networks. Yeah. so it and did I get would cancelled. I Actually, uh,
2: think the way I, the, I've been saying this from the moment they announced its cancellation that there's a very strong. I don't understand the politics of it or the money side. of it. we're talking about a show that went off the air with 6.7 million average viewers, mm. and a show that spins off music. They do original music every season, every episode. They've been doing concert tours. They must have another revenue stream there, and I believe they can.
0: Well, see, I don't really get know another who, season out of it. I don't know who they go to. So they could try going to US cable. Okay, but there, I'm not sure that's really what's it on in the US. Show. So
2: it's... ABC. ABC, yeah. Okay.
1: So it's a broadcast network show. But on the, on the Prime. Yeah. Free to Air, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's a broadcast show and it's built like a broadcast show mm. in the same way that these soaps usually every two to three episodes is a story arc in itself. Okay, so you've got that built into it. That doesn't really work for most cable outlets in the US, particularly when they're mostly after 13 episode runs. This is a 22 to episode This is a 22 episode, episode. Show. yeah. It doesn't work otherwise. And then you look at, would it go to maybe Hulu? Because that'd be the only outlet I can think it works on. Netflix I think are getting more and more reluctant to start picking up the scraps of other
2: right. networks like you've seeing less of that happening lately so I'd be reluctant to I think up the I wonder who's streaming it now though because I found it very interesting to read that Grey's Anatomy in its 12th season the ratings for young women in the demos have gone up mm. and they attributed to two things they attributed to the killing of McDreamy last year which they think brought back former fans mm-hmm. to see that who stuck around it's
0: like but, the Brax thing where they progress
2: the storyline yeah, after a while but yeah. they also um put it down to the fact that young women who weren't around when the show began in 2005, have started watching it on streaming services, caught up, and are now watching the free-to-wears because most shows in their 12th year are going down and it's bucked the trend and gone back up. So this
1: is Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy, which is
2: the number two young women's series in America behind Empire. And after 12 years, that's one hell of a result and of course a really... Fabulous advertising demo, you know. If you want to um, hit that market, but if we want to talk about shows that um, want their cake and leave too, let's have a look at Wayward Pines, a show that was built to only ever be one season, where they told this mad story over it, and of course they got to the end, and what did they decide to do? <laughs> They've come back for a second season, yeah,
0: with a different showrunner, because yeah, yeah
2: and a different lead actor Jason Patrick instead of Matt Dillon
0: which the entire premise of that show makes no sense like introducing a new lead into it because that is a show that's and this is going to be a spoiler warning so if you haven't watched Wayward Pines first of all don't because it's terrible TV (laughs) Uh, but secondly you know this does get revealed halfway through that first season Uh, it's about a guy who gets taken to like a weird strange town he doesn't know what's going on and people are weird around him but then halfway through you actually find out that this town exists like, what is it, a thousand years in years into the future, the yeah. year's 4,000 and something. Mm-hmm. So at this point I tapped out of the show, but I've read the book <laughs> it's based on, so I presume it's the same. And it's like this old wealthy guy of whom has constructed this town and has cryogenically frozen a number of people to be part of this I want town to watch going forward. It's terrible, James, really.
1: But the p- entire premise pitch? is,
0: if you've lost the main guy, you bring in a second guy to fill the
2: purpose that original guy had, But this is where it's brilliant for a second season because I'm not saying I'm back for the second season. I watched (laughs) the first episode and thought, oh, God, I think I've seen all this before. But see, the thing is, because there's all these people cryogenically frozen, you just go, oh, someone in town's really sick. We need a surgeon. Now, didn't we pick one of those off back in the day, (laughs) unfreeze him and get him in there to do this operation, which is how they brought Jason Patrick in?
0: Yeah, I can't buy it.
2: (laughs) It's weird, I'm
0: I'm good.
1: I'm definitely tuned into that one. Um, stay on the finished theme. Comedy showroom ended this week. Um, my favourite was Ronnie Cheng, uh, International Student. Uh, that gets my vote. I think it was the second most watched episode, Freedom that, that was
2: the first one. Of, I think it was the most watched. No, the most watched
1: was... Um, the the, one letdown? I didn't see, the letdown.
2: Okay, now see, the letdown gets my vote for the series, and I'll tell you why. Oh well, no,
1: no, actually, you might be right. I think the it let was the down's mother's group. Yeah, yeah, it
2: was right. the mother's group, and the reason I thought that was the one. I thought it had the most potential for a series because you had this woman taking a new baby to a mother's group, and Noni Hazelhurst playing the nurse, and Sasha Haller with her husband, major issues there, and you know Lucy Durack over there with the the pearls and trying to be the mother and just in that group i was looking at it going comedy 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 story they all those characters could have backstories and then there was her mother who you know it just felt to me like a sitcom with all of these places you could go Whereas some of the others felt very close to me i mean the worst one was the legend of gavin tanner oh please yeah, that, so that what was a would chore. you do that for week two? Thing. It was like, <laughs> I just think that if, if if they were sitcom pilots, you had to look at it with the views. Would you come back week two, three, and four, and would there be situations you could write from those characters? And that's why I like The Letdown. Okay. But then I also kind of really like Moon Man too. Okay, the, so I'm in order this week. Sorry, it's in order
0: of uh, successful to least successful, uh, the highest watched one was The Letdown with the 482,000. Ronnie Chang, international student with 444, and much like James, that was my pick as well. I didn't really like the letdown. I don't think it was for me, but I understand the audience for, it and I think yeah. if it went to series, they would do well with it. Uh, sorry, working maths here. Uh, the next one was "The Future Is Expensive," which was week four. That was the Eddie Perfect one. Eddie Perfect. Yeah. The surreal Some one. Great gags in that. There but were. It didn't
1: quite gel as a whole.
0: Yeah, it doesn't quite feel right so as a whole. I love that poo jet gag right at the start. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, the next one was Week Five's Bleak, yeah, which is from the Catering Girls, uh, then which I really struggled with that yeah, one. I some s- great ideas, in yeah, there, but, but um, yeah. I just went, I
2: can't called, watch so. you every week. You're a loser. <laughs>
0: I enjoyed Bleak. I would possibly watch that one sort of week on week, but <laughs> I could also see myself getting distracted and never coming back to it again. Yeah. Uh, the next one was Legend of Gavin's Hannah, which was the worst of the lot by Dreadful. a long shot. Uh, 370,000. And the last one was Moon Man, which still, you know.
2: But that rated the worst because it was up against State of Origin. Right. So yeah. you got to, you know, Lawrence Mooney, I've got to say Lawrence Mooney's been doing that show Best Bits on Channel 7, and he has just elevated that show. He's been doing this Malcolm Turnbull impression. What show
1: isn't Lawrence Mooney on? I mean have Jeez. you been paying attention? Yeah. Best bits. Any yeah. panel show. Well, he'll yeah. crop He's not up
0: on, on Dirty Laundry Live anymore because they cancelled that, <laughs> which annoys me because he was great on that. It was a yeah. yeah. And I'm always a fan of live panel based TV shows like that. Yeah. Moonman I thought was a really great half hour, but I couldn't actually see what they're doing that as a series. Yeah. Because it's got so much finality at the end of that pilot. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't, actually. It's
1: not open enough. You keep using that word, it must be a word Sorry. if you're using um, it finality. Exactly.
0: Ronnie Cheng, okay, completely open-ended, and you could see the adventure of
1: Ronnie Chang in it. Is, yeah, you know, could. There's just so many situations where that would be hilarious. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And really great so well-rounded characters. Diverse cast, which is what we we're looking for yes. in TV That's right now. So ticks that box big time. Yeah. Ticks all the boxes.
1: So now tell me, you guys will know this, how does the, how do they pick the winner? Uh,
0: it's a mix between uh, what rated and what people are voting on on the website. Yep, there's and a Facebook. They're so
1: ratings only... do have something to do with it?
2: Well, they want to see that. It was, you know,
1: that people Is there any... That. Could the ABC guide this at all? Or is they, it really going to come straight down to... They the, must be looking at iView figures too. It's not
2: just the metrics play. They, no. Well, I mean, they're looking at iView. So Everything be some, was released on iView at yeah. the same time. All six episodes were there to watch all through this process yeah. at any time.
0: But they're looking at what people are watching on iView, what people watch on broadcast TV, what they're voting on, what they're talking about on Facebook groups, but also their own personal taste is going to play a certain role in it as well. But like having spoken to them before the comedy showroom started, they kind of knew which ones were working, which ones weren't, and quietly it seems to align largely with the way the ratings have played out,
1: and yeah, with a few shifts here and there. But yeah, yeah interesting. It's not that different than what you expect. Yeah, uh, clever man started this week. The ABC is really um, those Thursday commitment to drama. The two series at the moment on back to back on Thursday nights. They certainly which is uh,
2: surprising to me. I don't. I never saw it as a nine thirty p.m. Thursday Yeah. Now night Andrew show. thinks it's
1: too. Too late, you think it's have you about watched right. It?
2: Then? Yes, I have. Even after you've watched it, you don't think it's a nine thirty show. <laughs> no, because I believe that eight thirty slot that they have marked on a Thursday night, we will have original Australia. All yeah. I just assumed it was going to start there after Rake, and suddenly you've got two together. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because that means two cracking hours of Aussie drama. But the two shows are very different. They don't really link together. And Thursday at nine thirty p.m. That's not really. A sexy slot. Okay, well, you've got two things at play here.
0: One, the reason, and this is presumption at my end, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure this is it. Uh, I think they were at the mercy of Sundance and when they wanted to debut yes. the program. Yep. So that's their broadcast partner.
1: The hang words. on, wait, wait, wait. Just hang on for there. Well, right? that has something to do with the well, Sundance I well, know. Screened... I want to explore that a little bit more before he moves on to his next point. Yeah. So you reckon they can dictate a time slot?
2: Well, I think they
0: said we need the show to launch at this time of year. And because the ABC... No, but time spark, of night, though.
1: Oh, not time no, of night. They're saying what right. day. They're All right. possibly well, more, what day. See, yeah. Andrew's problem is the time of night.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm getting to that. But okay. at the moment, because I've got their commitment to an Australian drama every okay. eight weeks, All right. We've I think that, that the up. time falls outside of when they were able to launch a show because I've got these eight week runs, mm-hmm. and so they'd have to wait another four weeks in Australia. That's not acceptable. So they've got to line it up with Sundance. So
2: The Sundance channel screened it on June the 1st. We screened it on June the 2nd. So there could be mm. something in that. There's
0: a, yeah, there's like a four-hour difference. Yeah. Between but does it matter if it's earrings. a
1: week later than Sundance?
2: It
0: like, does. Come on.
1: Oh, well, come on.
0: Who but are the audience for this, James? Connected nerds of whom are more than happy to download something. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about my people now, James.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's your next point about the okay.
0: time slot? Uh, the other thing with the time slot was that I think the content on it was just... For the ABC at eight thirty, I think it was just too adult. Like there was too much sex.
2: There was too Have much. Have you seen violence. Rake?
0: Look, I mean, the thing is, I think there's a lot more boobs going on in uh, Clever Man than there is Rake.
2: I don't think ABC viewers are that concerned by boobs, but it, it was dark. I, I will say that. It felt Rates very dark bug, to me. Almost a comedy in comparison.
0: last month when we had you in here and we were talking about it, I too was like aghast that it was going to be a 9.30 show. It made no sense for the family audience I thought they were trying to court. But I think it's actually quite a bit older than yeah, that. Yeah, right. But the audience as well, don't forget this is going to play really well on iView. It is. So the people of
2: whom would be inclined to watch this are probably watching on iView anyway. Because I'm telling people that don't watch TV... Mm. I'm saying to them, these are the people that watch all those shows from America, all the comic books stuff. I'm saying to them, you need to watch Clever Man mm. and you need to watch it on iView because I know damn well they won't watch TV non-stop. Full stop, I mean. And so I'm saying to them, you need to seek this show Well, there show you go. Out. Put
1: it on iView mm. straight away and then pick a better time slot on the free-to-air broadcast.
2: Yeah, That's all right, I don't
1: know. It? I'm not sure quite plays that way. Families, family viewing at uh, 8.30 or later is... Apart from the families that watch on Gogglebox together, are we dreaming? I mean, family viewing's maybe 7.30 and that's it, isn't it? I mean, just family sit around and watch the old telly anyway. Well, I mean, for
0: this sort of show, when I talk about family viewing, this is your older teenagers. The same sort of family makeup that's watching 800 words, probably not the same viewers, Yeah, but... teenagers
1: don't sit and watch TV with their folks anymore,
0: <laughs> do they? <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, this could be the thing, but... Nah. You know, this would still be a thing where, you know, if I've got a teenage son, I'd be watching it with him, because yeah, yeah. yeah we've cultivated that sort of thing where we watch nerd stuff together. Okay, of course, when I say teenage son, I've got a five-year-old dog. But, you know, <laughs> if I had a teenage son, like this would be the sort of stuff we would be watching together, I'm sure. Well, you might like to. As long I'm as sure I raise my have, kid properly. I'm
1: sure he'd have other things he would rather do at probably 9.30 at night. I mean, he'd be looking up to me like the god that I am. <laughs> You've got some, uh, anyway. But listen, <laughs> I really liked it.
2: Yeah. I've only seen the first episode. I watching it in advance. Now I will watch the, um, as it goes to air. Like, I thought it was great. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it's great TV. Yeah. Now, there was a problem that I hadn't really considered too much until I was reading an AV Club review of it and now watching it from the US perspective. Oh, and yeah. they were saying that the show looks and feels just like most sort of big premium dramas, but they were, because i have had access to all six episodes, where I've only seen the first one so far. But he was saying that largely it doesn't really quite have enough um, meat to the story going through. Like, There's lots of world building going on, but there isn't enough actual like episodic um, joys we had from it. And maybe that is a problem with the show. I certainly felt that when I was watching the first episode. Well,
2: see, I thought that with, with uh, Wolf Creek. Yeah. I watched all six hours of Wolf Creek, and, and I thought they're padding the story out to get it to six episodes. I did
0: episode the first two and a half episodes are kind of fine for a narrative drive after that it starts coming a lot of padding yes. and the finale because it's a thriller it's moved from being a um, horror Horror. Yeah. okay so it's a thriller genre now and for the thriller genre to work you need the payoff at the end the satisfaction of taking out the bad guy that's open ended ruins the entire genre
1: Andrew your perspective is it it seems pretty good year for Aussie drama already mean. no we, it's a great just year for Aussie June, drama it's really June.
2: good it's really, really good. I mean, if you look back, I thought the second season of Janet King just built and built. I thought it went out on with an incredible last episode. It just got better and better. So I'm pretty sure they've announced that's coming back again. Yeah, they series have. three of Janet King, yeah. and so they yeah. should. They did. That. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you see so often in television where the second season of something suffers what the Americans call a sophomore slump. And, and I think it's because people have, you know, so excited to gotten their first season up on air and they haven't actually thought through what they do for a follow-up we've seen that happen to show like Desperate Housewives and all this stuff through well, the years. It's and something then, they, f- then they get back yeah. on track.
0: It affects broadcast more than cable because yes. broadcast, they pretty much work on that pilot for years. Yeah. Then it's greenlit and they need to be um. in production at episode two like a few weeks later. So.
2: But I thought series two of Janet King was better than series one. And I'm also watching the second series of Happy Valley on BBC oh, first yeah. at the moment. And that's better than the first series for me. I'm going, my God, this is blowing my mind how good it is. <laughs> I can't wait for Sunday night. I keep going, I've got to go find that BBC media preview side i can't <laughs> wait any longer but yeah so it's a great but back to australian drama we have had a really really great year for it wentworth's great has been great you know this year um yeah it's a really good year
1: uh secret city i think you two chaps have seen some of that
0: yeah so i've seen the first two episodes of it and i've got episodes three and four waiting for me to get home this afternoon so i'm very so you excited watch about it, you can't wait yeah no i'm into it Uh, I was talking with uh, Luke Buckmaster, who's a film critic for The Guardian, and the two of us kind of felt with the first episode that it was missing something, like it just kind of felt it was going through the steps of a Scandi Noir, which is
2: Establishing the the crime type thing. Yeah, because
0: there's... Okay, when you watch the show, it feels very much like Borgin, feels very much like The Killing. And when I spoke to Penny Chapman, she was like, yeah, yeah, that was totally something we were looking for. So it's clearly moulded after them. But you watch that first hour and it's kind of ticking the boxes as to what the Scandi Noir shows do. But then when you actually watch the second episode oh sorry, I had to go rewatch the first episode and I found a lot more nuance in it. So it was, you know, quite a bit better. And when I hit the second episode, I was flying along with it then. It actually cool. really embraced the show that it is. I can't wait. And yeah, it's great.
2: I can't wait.
0: Yeah.
1: The um T V the last couple of weeks, the Prime seven thirty slots have basically been a playoff between the voice, house rules and Master Chef. MasterChef is arguably doing the best out of all of them because it's sort of probably held its audience best. It's consistent, isn't it? They're all rating probably reasonably well enough to come back again next year, but uh, MasterChef's up there. Uh, The voice is down significantly, but it's still the biggest show every night it's on, so you can't do better than that, I guess. And House Rules, well, I just can't find too many reasons to stick with that for a whole week, but those uh, House Reveals episodes just go off.
2: Um, I'll, I'll say what I think's going on with House Rules. I'm over and I'm not interested in watching <laughs> it, but it's interesting that they filmed it last year mm. and clearly they've been pumping those preview episodes out to the media. They've been getting a lot of press a lot. And it's because, unlike The Voice and maybe unlike MasterChef, they're able to, because you can't send out a live episode of The Voice, can you? Even though they haven't moved into their live shows yet. But yeah, it's, it, you're going into an unknown quantity. Clearly, Seven Publicity have, and those soft ratings at the beginning, they pushed the emergency button because I've seen lots and lots of press for it. More press than I would have imagined for a show that was so soft to start with. And it seems to have paid off those ratings. They, are they do a good job
1: it. of social on house rules, I think. I know Holly Burns has <laughs> some very funny uh, comments about, and I think she probably tweets on the others too, but um, her in particular, I've been uh, very funny some of her commentary.
0: Now James, I've got a theory here, but like you can maybe sort of um, verify based on actual <laughs> metrics. Because there was a show shot last year, the one thing with TV is that TV, unlike film, is a really responsive medium. So it needs to kind of reflect the sort of moods of the moment. Okay, if it was shot last year, maybe there's something about like the things that viewers are looking for, which has shifted slightly, and it's not quite as responsive as it needs to be. Like, can you think of other shows in the past that have been sitting on the shelf for a little while that have actually had that success?
1: Well, I think in house rules, no, I don't think so. But in general, there's one, there's those scenes where they're driving in their cars, singing along to pop songs they also do that on the block yes they do but so that might date the show if they're all singing 2015 songs but i i can't think of anything else you know in the zeitgeist of uh renovation that's changed maybe not so much
0: things that have been referenced but you know the way that you cast the show like maybe what you were looking for you know eight months
1: prior. i I mean you look at the cast every year for house rules it's it's kind of the same just ticks the box okay we need an old grouchy couple we need a Hmm. young yeah. Young, you know, couple of no hopers some uh, someone who's a tradie who's obviously very good, knows what he's doing, you know. And they,
2: where would reality TV be without tradies? <laughs> I mean, seriously, there was Channel 7 with their second episode of Kiss Bang Love after it understandably flopped, and you know, out with a press release tonight, tradie looking for lady. I was <laughs> like,
0: if the show wasn't Kiss Bang Love but was just Kiss Bang, do you think people would be more into it? <laughs>
2: Well there there is no bang as some critic wrote the other day He said the show's not living up to its title Because there was kiss and there was love But I wanted to see the bang I, I do recall
0: being at the 7 Upfronts late last year Sitting next to Amanda Mead and they said, "Kiss bang, love," and she started giggling when she realized what the promise was <laughs> and the one thing she just kept on like hammering uh, the <laughs> channel Seven executives about was, "But what is the third thing? like what is the love, and is the bang actually
1: bang yeah, and I mean, that 's all she wanted to know, and I think that 's probably reflected amongst the viewership. I think they wanted more bang hmm. yeah, that my sort of take on it was it was all a bit safe that first episode, you know it was just a bit, and they got into the pashing a little bit more in the second episode, I noticed that but we just needed to be something a little bit edgy. I mean, if a show like that, you'd want—I don't know—glimpses of nudity, or come on, just raunch it up a little bit, please. If Studio Ten can do it this week, then <laughs> Kiss Bang Love can give it a go.
2: See, Kiss Bang Love is an in-house Channel Seven production. Hmm. First Dates, somebody else made that for them, and Seven Years Switch was that an outside production house, or was that in-house? I think it might at have seven? been Seven. Right, no. I'm guessing.
1: Not sure, but yeah.
2: But first dates was pretty successful. Oh, yeah. And seven year switch was, I would say, for again, what I thought was a really ridiculous concept given that. That was handled quite intelligently, wasn't it? Yeah. And
1: they had the uh, psychologist. way more than
2: the premise suggested.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I didn't like the stretched out nature of that show. I just wanted to see different people every week rather than this. You know, six to me the ride. best
2: was first dates because it was just it's something that's real. It's not contrived. People do I go look, on dates and it always is awkward. I just and couldn't. Just
1: to, I couldn't buy that was a real restaurant. That just kept bugging me. It looked too much like a fake it TV restaurant. Like, and everybody really was telling me, "No, it is a real restaurant." And you guys were saying yeah. that, but it just. No, just, I agree. I, it looked I want too a TV. clatter and banging of a real restaurant. <laughs> yeah, You're right. You know, a bit of, yeah, a bit of people coming and going. It just looked. Set up. Yeah. It
2: did look every time they walked out of the restaurant into Martin Place that they were filming it on a Monday night. <laughs> Maybe the night of the week the restaurant was shut and they yeah. just took it over and <laughs> the chefs were instructed don't make noise for TV.
0: Yeah, but no, I liked First Dates as well in a way I didn't expect. Yeah. It's not my kind of show, but... Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but they seem to be persevering with Kiss Bang, even though they went from 500s to 400s in the second week. I mean, if it goes down again, it might be curtains, but... Uh
0: now i've noticed channel nine have been really promoting the heck out of the briefcase yeah. which is their show
1: talking of controversial
2: shows, well how
0: does this like impact channel seven if they get this to wear before seven have their version of a bag being dropped on someone's doorstep with what's money their in that?
2: version of a bag being dropped uh, i can't think of the
0: name of it now it's based on a uk it's called the
2: satchel is it
0: uh it could be something like that it's a uk <laughs> format and so they announced that at the upfronts late last Did year know. And then nine, after their, their rating sort of um, issues earlier this year, announced the briefcase as one of their six shows that were
1: rushing. You're away. not thinking of the makeover show where they do someone in 12 months? No, 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 it's, a separate it's the exact same premise. So okay.
0: Yeah, okay. because the bag gets dropped and then the person has to work out whether they're gonna invest the money wisely or go on a big spending spree and just follow people through. Well, presumably
1: the briefcase will be soonish then if they Well, they've got the promos it. on. Yeah, it's so, running
2: yeah, quite regularly. Has it got a host?
1: I'm not oh. too sure. Okay, okay. Interesting. Um, 60 minutes, guys. We've got to get your. Uh, I deliberately put this in the middle of the uh, podcast because to me, it's not a cutting edge thing that we need to be getting to first, but everybody's got an opinion on it. Andrew, what's your. <sighs> wow. <laughs> but it's got, wow. it's developed so many angles, this story. It's hasn't just it?
2: that story that keeps on giving, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does feel to me that after Stephen Rice left the network in inverted commas after the report came out last week. It does feel to me now that, you know, because there's leaks going on all the time with this, aren't there? There's emails. And it does feel to me now that as a counter move, nine have now leaked damaging information about him to say, well, this is why we, you know, it, it seems to be getting really nasty yeah. to me. That's what I'm saying. It's getting really, really nasty but every time a leak comes, I think it's more and more damaging. I feel, I think it's gonna be really hard for Tara Brown. I don't know how she's gonna be able to go back to 60 minutes and do a hard hitting interview with this background now?
1: Well, the benefit of hindsight, and I stress that, I'm beginning to think if they'd just taken the review at face value completely and not sacked Stephen Rice, they wouldn't be in a lot of this trouble know. now. they wouldn't. The, the fact would that to he's gone, there. yeah. Yeah. Or well, it, it might be some other drink, or maybe. But yeah. but I think that's created the problem now, hasn't it? That uh, it's We would have stopped talking about it on Sunday.
2: They would, The Saturday papers would have gone through the results, and it wouldn't have been a story by Sunday because it would have been over. Instead, it's all blown up again, and now it's getting really personal. Yeah,
1: and I think people are interested in the story, but I don't think they connect it with the sixty minutes brand. You know, so it's an interesting story about the back, the inside world of TV, which is fascinating. But will it stop people watching sixty minutes? No. Do you not, well? Do you think it's damaging the brand of no. Nine more oh, than sixty minutes? No, I don't think it's got hardly any impact I mean Nine's just a TV station right it's the content you don't watch Nine because it's Nine do you I mean you could argue that about the news bulletins at six Mm -hmm. o'clock but outside of that you just go for the shows yeah the ratings just show you people are fickle they'll just go where the show is doesn't matter who's got it on if it's a show they want to watch they'll find it whether it's on go or what is it seven flicks or yeah well, oh, no. actually, made the exception of seven. No, no, no one's finding on a seven. <laughs> that weird channel I've never found.
0: Which interestingly, I saw someone online the other day mention that it's gone to MPEG two instead of MPEG four, which should make it more available on people's TVs. But I haven't looked into that yet, so I don't know how accurate okay. that is. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, with the elect- uh, with the channel nine. Um, thing at the moment like it just seems like there's no actual outrage from the audience so I don't no. understand why Nine have uh, you know found a fall guy I don't know why they're really bothering it just seems like it's irrelevant
1: to the viewer at this it's point. almost if they're pandering to some sort of the media classes of what they should be doing you mm, know? Yeah. but just mm. maybe just ignore that and do what you think's right for your viewers and uh, you know mm.
0: Well, I think back, to, um, just think back to my media monitoring days where I was listening to a lot of radio and seeing everything that was coming through. I could kind of see it all on my screen in front of me. When Channel 9 had the Hey Hat Saturday blackface issue, like that was across radio everywhere. Like Daryl Summers was out midway through the day and expected to give his thoughts. Sky News crossed to him live to see that happen. Like there was just so much interest in it from the people. Whereas you look now, and I can't imagine that many radio stations are doing the coverage of the 60 Minutes story. They might reference it, but it's not dominating for an hour and a
2: half every morning. Mm on the talkback stations
0: so i don't know why But the
2: press are loving it the press the, the, they're loving writing these stories and and this is a thing for an ongoing court case with actual affidavits being fined that the press seem to go through it and find these other things don't they as we all saw with that infamous eddie mcguire boning incident you know that, you know, that it, the, what other stuff's going to be in those court documents? But why
0: not just write it out for a week and a half and see if anything does come from those court documents and don't just fire, like, a loyal staff
1: member? Mm. Mm, so they're going to have some real dramas if uh, the Beirut court wants them to return Whoa. to face charges. Yeah. You know, um, i got a feeling there's stuff going on that Nine just can't talk about. That Probably. When all mm. that's sorted, then maybe Hugh Marks can come out and say, yeah, look, I'd be surprised if they had abandoned all those people still in Beirut completely... But their obviously concern was first to get out our staff, then we'll worry about the others. If there's more to it, though, doesn't that just make a mockery of the report that they had their independent panel put together? Well, they just figured they had to do something, you know, so far. But there's obviously... They can't jeopardise the court case still to come or potentially to come or that's still coming for those people still in I did read
2: this morning and I was actually pleased to read this that at no time did they ever consider sacking the cameraman or the sound guy because I actually did think those guys (laughs) are just doing their job yeah you know know. it's not it's not up to a cameraman or a sound guy to question what they're being told to do in that situation Mm. you know
1: Mm. um Britain's Sorry,
2: can I just uh, just give a bit of a uh, factual bit of information yes. here?
0: Uh, the briefcase show that Channel Seven oh, yes. uh, had the rights to that they promoted, but haven't really mentioned since. Uh, it's based on a UK format called "The Day the Cash Came." Okay, yeah,
1: can't remember that one. I'm calling Britain's Got Television, uh, Britain's Got Talent, <laughs> the Best Buy of the year potentially for Nine because it's outrating Australia's Got Talent. Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought? And later in the night. Yeah, you know. And I'd hate to think what they dropped on that season of. And see, I said, I H-E-T-L. thought to myself,
2: "What is it doing in that time slot?" This is such a family-friendly well, thing. Same, thing we said it on this podcast, and we've all been proved wrong. But it's interesting, you know, because my friends that download were all talking to me about it because this, this talent franchise, the Mothership, more than any of the others, this seems to be the one where. They get these incredible acts and these incredible moments. And if you watch morning television, you see the Britain's Got Talent acts going, they're on, you know, like David I'm and Sonia and Studio okay. 10. All these people are talking about this show. So I can understand why they said, why don't we give it a go?
1: Did, did Foxtel show Britain's Got Talent? Because I know they, they used show to. I think America's I think they talent.
2: originally did back, and they, I know they certainly still do. America's yeah. Got Talent. They do the American, American Fox American A. a yeah. would, but I think they did the British one.
1: Would that make nine? Think. Well, maybe we could give America's Got Talent a run too. At nine o'clock at night or something. Maybe. Hmm? How bad could it be? It can be worse than Kiss Bang Love. in the What's rating?
0: the time turnaround between the airing of the British ones uh, being on nine?
1: It would be. Three weeks, I reckon. Stop it! You're not going to tell me people are going to be torrent. This
0: oh no, no, I don't think they are. But you know, there's a. But you can because <laughs> I
1: know people that are doing it, James. Well, look, well there I mean, you go.
0: You can't. I mean, I would have just thought that people would be looking online to
1: see you if people won. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. not really. I don't think it's not a spoiler thing, is it? You just do it for the laugh. Well, I tell you, but here's my tip to who you know wins. Who's going to win.
2: Whoever's it? got the dog act, because <laughs> the dog has won Britain's Got Talent twice, not once, twice. A dog act which says a lot doesn't it people love dogs
1: (laughs) one of my favorite things to watch and i'm happy it's still that way after returning this year um have you been paying attention i love that show how funny is that show and that's a funny show that's a very good show yeah
2: why is everyone looking at me now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is the the people they bring in those guest hosts it's short and funny yep. um, you know the interplay that goes it's on where they all pick funny, on Sam Payne and throw Asian, Asian jokes at him it is it is gold that we joke. need more casual racism
1: on television <laughs>
2: But he's but, is, <laughs>
1: but they don't even do that. I'll just look at Sam. and go, no, we're not going. I'm not saying that.
2: Yeah, it's really, really funny show. <laughs> it's very funny, but yeah.
1: Amanda Keller was on last week, but she almost played it too straight.
2: Well, I uh, haven't seen her episode because I tape it on a Friday okay. night because my IQ is too jammed up on a Monday night. I so I always tape. I That's always the annoying tape, Thing about
1: the old IQ, they need to sort out, don't they? They've well, they only um, can do two shows at I the know. same
2: time. I know the IQ3 does more than that, but <laughs> I'm not letting an IQ3 back in my house again. I'll stick with two shows at the same time on IQ2. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: but people really got to come on and just yeah. forget about winning the game. Yeah. All right? Just go the game. Yeah. Just do the game.
2: Have You Been Paying Attention is the best Australian <laughs> panel show on TV. That's my call. Yeah, Nobody no, reaches what it's they not, get well, Not to. even close, really. Not yeah, even close. It's,
1: yeah. No. yeah. It's very funny.
0: When I watch the show, and I appreciate that it's not, but it just kind of feels like it's so scripted and just sort of like, you know, jokes don't work, so it gets edited out. I think I'd prefer that format if it was a live thing where they're just mucking around a little bit more. I don't think there's that much editing out. I mean, mean, when a joke doesn't work, it's almost better, isn't it? I reckon. But from a viewer's perspective, when I watch it, like I just kind of feel that way and it never quite hits that spot that I need it. No, I don't
2: know. It feels to me sometimes, I know what you're saying, but it feels to me that sometimes they do get really naughty and maybe they do have to because it, it feels legally, like... Legally,
1: I've sat in the audience yeah. and um, it's usually legal stuff. Yeah, right. Or obscenities. Yeah. They're the two things. I don't think they're too worried about... The... But is
0: that time slot obscenities or is it C-bombs galore?
1: Yeah, C-bombs or uh, libeling people, you know, stuff like that, being, you know, offensive about somebody. <laughs> um, racism you yeah. get a little out of hand. Um, yeah. oh, I don't mean racism, I mean no, no, no. jokes that somebody could um, interpret take yes. out of context. Exactly. Why are we letting these rough people on our television screens, James? <laughs> <laughs> Why? But no, no, it's, it's a very funny show. I think you should give it another chance, uh, Dan. Um, now, Andrew, you telling me before I didn't realise this, Bryn... Is she still Bryn Edelston?
2: Apparently. I don't know. Does she call herself Bryn Edelston? Is
1: back with a second season of the show that Seven had the first time.
2: I can't believe this. Bryn Bedazzled's diary has made it to a second series, but because Seven rejected it, it's turning up on a Foxtel channel called Style next Friday, June the 9th. And I'm pretty sure I heard Lawrence Mooney say on Have You Been Paying Attention that he's doing the narration for it now.
1: He did say something about that. Did he do the first one? Well, or? I
2: don't think he did, but it th- okay. sounds like he's doing the second one. Right. Huh. But seriously, seriously, <laughs> if you have a bad show that doesn't work on Channel Seven, and all their digital channels turn down a second series, so I suppose is this the first ever local production that Stoles ever commissioned? Or maybe I mean,
1: it got made. And seven passed on it, and it was just too good a deal for. Yeah, um, maybe
2: they just kept lowering and lowering the price until they, it they bartered. Some we'll and give they... you this if you <laughs> give us that. Yeah, so
0: what's the show called again? It's Brins, Brins. Brins. Bedazzled. Diary. As long as it's Brin's Bedazzled Diary and not Brin's Bedazzled Diary, I'm okay with this.
1: <coughs> Did this just start or is it coming soon? It's, well, the
2: second series is just starting, but just I starting remember what? it played on Channel 7 maybe in 2014. Oh, yeah, that was a while ago, yeah. yeah. But
1: look, I'm getting a bit suspicious here. That um,
2: Do you reckon that it's one, something they filmed last year? And no, but listen,
1: let's put two and two together here. The whole drama oh, right. over Shane Warren going up to um, Brin's pad, could that have coincided with the. Um, first week of this series well in typical brin Coincidentally, style accidentally and
2: she didn't quite get those dates right because that's the sort of thing you'd want to be doing <laughs> next week to push your new reality show wouldn't it
1: mm, not but it's three or four weeks yeah. out well, i guess warn not always available <laughs> <laughs> so you take him when you can get him yeah, but it, yes it's if it is it's very clever if that's she's thought oh hello here's an angle for publicity but um it's not bad of them. Now, it's a little show I think I've mentioned before, but Indian Dream Hotel. Oh, yeah. I thought I didn't think I'd like this. Even as I was watching the first one, I thought, uh, can I be bothered? But gee whiz, that last episode, it's a cracker. Many people really have spoken good. to
2: me about this. And in fact, uh, Melbourne-based Choby's reporter... Peter Ford, uh, he and I are in constant contact uh, saying that there should be an Australian version and we would like to be in charge of the casting <laughs> um, because I could see some Australian celebrities being schlepped over to a hotel in India. Although maybe for our version, we should be doing, because this is this thing where Brits go to India and retire. Maybe in Australia, we could do a version in Thailand or Bali. Yeah. You, you know, because that you, is a place where work we... work almost
1: anywhere. It kind of could. And I'm thinking... You could, but it has to be a third world country, I, I guess, Yes, No, you're right. The But it could work. It doesn't have to be for retirement, does it? Because you could almost have any age chuck them in there. And Except it's going to be pretty amazing.
2: This show in the UK was called The Real Marigold Hotel because okay. it was based on that movie, The Exotic Marigold Hotel. And they put so up a massive disclaimer,
1: didn't they? On screen, I yeah. was reading that.
2: And then outside of it, they've called it the Indian Dream Hotel.
1: I just wonder if they got into trouble and they, they weren't allowed to use that. Because there's a big disclaimer right at the start or the end or both saying, you know, no connection, blah, blah, blah. Any, um, you know, it's purely coincidental if you think, you know. Yeah. So they've, they've put a big out there. But no, it's a, it's a great little show. It's only three apps, but yeah. uh, it's possibly still an IV. Oh maybe look, I have to, to trace disappear. it
2: down because this is being talked about <laughs> by several of my friends. Yeah, who no. said they absolutely loved it.
1: You know, it was very good. Yeah, it was very good. Um, it's probably nearly time to wrap up. Can Be- there just one thing I want to ask? Yeah, what's Dan on about. your?
2: Work? Yes. Outcast, starting tomorrow night on FX. (laughs) The reason I want to talk to you about this, uh, Foxtel are simulcasting it on Fox 8 and FX on Sunday night. They're expecting Mm. big things from it. I presume it's just going to FX from... Then it will just go to FX. and. I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it because I was too busy watching the trailer on YouTube of the Exorcist TV series, which is going to star Gina Davis. And I watched this trailer for Fox TV and just went, oh my God, <laughs> you're kidding me, aren't you? You take what was at the time and which is still to this day, although it, uh, you know a lot of kids laugh at it now, it was Once the scariest movie ever made. And I just don't believe that you can take a scary movie like that and put it on network television. You've got to go hard with that. And then I see the promo for Outcast and I go, forget about The Exorcist. If there's going to be a Demon Possession series that's going to be genuinely horrifying based on the promo I've seen, it's going to be Outcast. I'm really excited. Well, I don't think that horror works as a TV genre generally, just because, at least
0: especially for broadcast TV, because it needs to be at a very certain pace. Correct. Broadcast TV will not allow a scene just to go on and on, whereas horror, you need that tension to build. And you know, Outcast like is
2: a show being made for cable TV in being America. Being made for cable.
0: So The Exorcist will never work as a TV show no. on broadcast TV. Outcast has a chance. The thing with Outcast is this is based on a comic book by Robert Kirkman, who's the guy who created The Walking Dead. Robert Kirkman, he essentially pitched this and said, oh, I'm doing a comic book based on this as well. So it was intended to be a TV show and a comic at the same time. So, you know, working that out, uh, but he's kind of said, you know, I've got like, you know, how many years of story for this? They've already commissioned it for a second season. So it'll keep on going. I've watched the first episode written by him. He is absolutely terrible in terms of <laughs> coming up with character dialogue that feels realistic to what a human being might say, and I don't think he really sort of develops characters in an adequate fashion. You watch The Walking Dead, and you know how the characters don't really quite seem to fit right, <laughs> all based on his creations. And this has the same problem. Right? It's a horror like where you're supposed to really sort of drill into the fears that humanity has, but there's no humanity in it. So. He's not writing episodes from episode two onwards. Okay. So it's a different show runner there. So I haven't seen episode two, but I found the first one just really devoid of anything. Interesting. The any pacing's zombies? right, it looks right. Okay, but Is there's no, sc- Are there there's scary no bits in it? I it looks scary from I the I found piranha. it so dull that I couldn't really find any real scares and I was struggling to get through. Well, there's a uh, there's an endorsement for it. (laughs) about deflating my (laughs) weekend, but it does have a good premise, and episode two onwards could be fine. So you know, take that for what it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of people would be interested to see what he's doing though, because of the success. of Mm. The Walking Dead, weren't they? Yeah. A a couple of things I've still got on my list. The um, TV Week have done an. What do you call it? An Svod special, Dan? Um, yeah, it's view
0: on demand. So I, yeah. I think it's primarily Svod
1: though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you've been talking to Emma Nolan down there and the yeah, the, the, the guy who's the who's edited that. What we were hoping to have a copy today, but it hasn't quite turned up yet.
0: Yeah, I think they've had some printing issues, but it'll be on the stands on Monday for
1: people. Yeah. Okay. So. And it's it's unusual yeah. for TV Week to do a one shot, isn't it?
2: They did one earlier this year though. They they did. It was like a soap extra magazine. It was oh, all but that was a really regular one. No, 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 no. Oh, that ma- they were oh. doing that spin off magazine that they did yep. and then it, they stopped doing it right. but then at the start of this year well maybe it was more a TV in 2016 special glossy Apparently print that, magazine they're looking to do four a year so
0: there might have been one earlier this yeah. year yeah the TV Soap Extra or TV Week Soap Extra, a magazine that they had that were running for about a year and a bit last yeah. year, uh, that actually spun out of one of these one-off special editions okay. as well. Yeah. So they are looking at this uh, connected TV, the SVOD special, that if people actually respond to it quite well, it could become its own thing and maybe be a fortnightly
2: like that Soap Extra or be something else entirely. But, like, there's a possibility, so they're playing does around. Does it confuse the market, though? And I'll just say it like this. So I'm driving past the newsagent on a Monday morning. Um, I say to my friend, quick, run into that newsagent and get me the Sydney Morning Herald for the Green Guide and buy me a TV week. And he comes out with that magazine that's still sitting there after six months. And I go, no, not that TV <laughs> week. Go back and tell them that you need this week's issue of TV week, not their special one-off magazine. Well, I think it
0: does look different. Like, I'm not sure right.
2: if are sitting on the shelf next And it'll to cost TV more, so, I'm sure, so, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So you mightn't have given him enough money to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah be a better friend tell me do they separate uh, original s content mm. from free to wear stuff that's just turned up now on Look, I think that streaming look, services or are they going to focus mainly on original content? Are you talking or?
0: about like if there's a, like Wentworth on Presto or something yeah. like that? Or I think they just talking about what's available on these services. The idea is it's an entry level thing for a TV week type of reader who may be more broadcast focused doesn't really quite understand FOD stuff so there's guides in it to how you connect and then they're also trying to sort of hedge their bets a little bit and bring in people of whom are already using platforms like Presto and Stan and Netflix and just give them a bit of content as well so there's interviews, behind the scenes sort of stuff. It's kind of like TV a week, but just really focused on SVD with some how-to guides.
1: And uh, uh, for, I'll finish up my my contributions. I'm, I'm watching a lot of Master Chef. Uh, when you get involved in something like that, it's hard to fit other stuff in because I feel like I need to keep up, and it's a it's a lot of air. I've got a great story week. for you about a contestant from Master Chef. Oh, that's good. So I want to hear that because yeah, they fight, they're they they're burning through the. The uh, contestants, they're out, uh, they're going to uh, California soon, they're back on the international travel, which I love, so I'll be looking forward to that. So now, who's your story about?
2: Teresa Wong, who got evicted last Monday night. So she used to be an actress back in the 90s. She She was on GP, and she was also on Paradise Beach. She was brought onto Paradise Beach to play (laughs) Kirk, the Iron Man's girlfriend. (laughs) And I was the location manager on this show, and one day, Jock Blair, the producer, called me into the office and said, now look... When I was making The Sullivans back in the 70s, we did this great scene where we executed some soldiers on a hill at sunrise and blindfolded them. And you know what? When they made the film Broken Morant, they did the exact same thing. And he said, I've always suspected they stole that idea. So he said, I've been waiting to steal it back. I'm (laughs) going to have the last word on this. So I'm sending Teresa Wong's character back to China. (laughs) She's going to be tried for treason by the communists. So we're going to shoot her dead. So could you go out, please? Find me a really beautiful scenic location where we can kill her at sunrise. And so off I went, found this great spot at Hins Dam. So on the day I remember they constructed this makeshift Chinese temple. And we had these Chinese extras in the Red Guard uniform. And we did. We blindfolded her and took her out. We actually did it at sunset, not sunrise. But we shot poor Theresa Wong. And I was so relieved to see her pop up on MasterChef. I thought she's all okay. <laughs> That's my story about my trains on Mastership.
1: And we've, he's got to talk to us about 20 to 1, too, which I've, I've oh, forgotten
2: yeah. about. Uh, I was just going to give my quick sort of yeah, yeah. uh, thing of something to look out for.
0: Uh, I've been really obsessed with the US presidential campaign. I've been spending a lot of time on this, listening to a lot of podcasts, watching You're a lot wearing of You're not wearing your Bernie t shirt today? Uh, no, I left it at home, but maybe <laughs> Monday morning. We'll see yeah. how that goes. And, you know, He's still in the race, I gather, is right? uh, as we speak. Race is an interesting term, <laughs> as far as Bernie's concerned. Uh, you know, the math, it's not yep, quite not. so great on him. Uh, but something I'm looking forward to, and it's already been running in the US, and I just haven't had time to jump on board with it yet, is a show called The Circus. It's made for Showtime and it's basically they're shooting an entire documentary. It feels like a real in-depth doco, but they're turning it around within a week. So every week there's like this real high quality, amazing doco charting the election as it goes okay. on. Now, just before the presidential primaries are taking place, where you'll see the Republicans and Democrats choose their leader, where you know Hillary will probably get it, but you know, Bernie's still in with a shot. Uh, Stan are going to have the show on their servers. Oh, really? Stan are having it. So right, they'll be, okay. They'll reload, I think, the first 12 episodes on January 1st. So the ones that we've missed out on so far. Yeah. But from that, sorry, July 1st. And then from July 1st, it'll be weekly, and then leading up to the election. So as it actually starts really getting into, like, the real sort of meat and gravy parts of it all, like, you'll be able to watch this show. Really high quality. The critics in the US are going a bit nuts for it because apparently it's, like, an amazing doco series. So I haven't seen it, but it's one I'm watching out for. Stan are
1: really getting it right at the moment. They really are. Yeah, I love Stan. Yeah, Mm. we're getting some good boys. Now, Andrew, you're... We don't call it a cameo, do we? You're one of the regulars on the new 20 to 1. Yep. Give us some behind-the-scenes insights. They filmed
2: it several months ago it was definitely this year Uh, they are using a new facility out at North Sydney it's a fantastic facility Um, this studio they're using off site from Channel 9 at Willoughby Um, and I remember as I came I know I can tell you when they would have filmed it because as I came out Sam McClymont was in the makeup chair and I remember saying to her you did really well on the first episode of The Farmer Wants a Wife so it would have been back then they did it Um, I watched the first episode the other night I thought Fitzy and Whipper did a really good job i like the way they kind of jazzed up the uh the logos but it's interesting isn't it when we think of the original 20 to 1 which started in 2005 and did things like the 20 funniest movies of all time to show you how far times have changed in 11 years since the first episode went air. the first episode was the 20 top viral sensations it was all about youtube clip Clips, and I did watch the show, and I've, and I've got to say, I was surprised at how much I learned from it, and how many of those clips I didn't actually know. Right, so, You know, I kind of went, oh, wow, I missed okay, some of that stuff completely. And didn't know the backstories to it, and actually loved the way they actually had backstories for some of that stuff. So it, the show was um, a lot better than I thought it was going to be.
1: Interesting, they, I think, through, well, for the bits I saw, they were always standing up the hosts. Which accentuated the height difference between the it's two. Dull, <laughs> I was just wondering, if they ever going to shoot them sitting down? Just... Well,
2: Bert always stood. Mm. From memory, there was only one of them. Like, yeah, there was. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, but it's not a problem. But you just—it's something that because you listen to them radio all the time, you never—you don't see them. So you, oh, that's right. Because We've the first
2: twenty to one, if you remember, came was born out of the idea when Nine first started doing really badly when they lost against seven. And seven kind of overtook them with desperate housewives and lost and all yep. that. And suddenly nine had all these time slots that were failing. And Twenty to One was this show that bounced around the schedule, came and went yep. and plugged gaps for them. And sorta worked. It sort of worked. It it
1: sort was rating well, yeah, and it was on yeah. all different nights, different time slots.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah i was interviewing whipper for the 20 to one launch and he was joking saying that he'd like a 20 to one which is focused on fitzy's
2: failed tv shows that's hilarious mm. i laughed out loud when i read that Yeah, there was plenty of games like and i must admit it was one of the things i used to pitch to them back and darts so can we can't we do <laughs> the 20 biggest tv flops in australian history it would be so funny there's so much comedy there
1: no one remembers arcade
2: I know, but no one remembers Alan Jones live either. That's the point, though. (laughs)
1: Remind them of all this uh, bad TV. It's comedy. It's a good place to end this chat, lads, on bad TV. Great to see you both again. Thank you so much. Do it again soon. Thanks, James.